Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knudsen Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- a Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Hello? Hello, Ashley. You went on The Bachelor for the wrong reasons. Who is this? You just wanted the Instagram followers. Followers weren't even a thing when I signed up for the show. Who are you? The wrong reasons, police? You'll pay for all the ads you posted. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's Friday. So you know what that means. Weekend Warriors. What? Weekend Warriors? Weekend Warriors <laughs> unite. <laughs> Have you never heard this phrase? Uh, well, I know Weekend Warrior as a phrase, yeah. 
And I remember there was a song in the 80s, working for the weekend. Whoa, whoa. I'm getting my vocal cords ready because Ooh, why? we're going to do something. I'm going to sing the second line of <gasps> Bottom of the Pit because as everyone knows, we have a book that's coming out called How to Win the Bachelor. It is now available for pre-order. It's coming out on January 18th. It is going to revolutionize the game. It is going to revolutionize how everyone views the game, all of us included. Clues, what's in this book? It's all of the knowledge that we have accrued through the Hyperbench, through a couple of years of doing this podcast, through meticulously scrutinizing every moment of the game as it has been played throughout history. We are talking about things in the book that we don't talk about on the podcast. We are talking about things very statistically speaking. We have charts in this book about who has the best Rose Quotient of all time, all the way down the list. We have charts in this book about what happened on every two-on-one date in the history of the game, what the (laughs) outcomes were, how those statistically affected where those players wound up, what truly is the benefit or detriment of a two-on-one date. Because I think a lot of people incorrectly think it is a death sentence. It is not. It actually carries with it significant benefit. And all of that is in the book, along with a million other things. We have all of the history of the evolution of the game, such as when was the first two-on-one date? Was there a rose on it? There was not. There wasn't for some time. The Rose or Goes mechanic didn't come in until later. And you'll find out when that was and which bachelor was able to give out the first two-on-one rows. All that kind of stuff is in the book. A million other things. If you are a student of the game, as Pace Case and I are, this is the most comprehensive collection of data about the history, strategy, all the best players of the game. It's also kind of a a personal journey for us. We talk about the effects of the hyper binge on us as we were going through it and how it really made us (laughs) into what we are now, which is something (laughs) more than human, less than human. I don't know. Meta? Yeah, we're we're certainly no longer human, but our book is coming out on January 18th. We hope you guys can all pre-order it because we have this goal of hitting 10,000 copies so we can get on a New York Times bestseller list and hopefully sell our own show, which is basically a better version of The Bachelor. It is a dating reality show for the contemporary era, which we believe that show doesn't exist. One that incorporates social media instead of shunning it. One that allows players to play instead of kicking them out immediately for saying, well, I did (laughs) think that I might possibly get one Instagram follower from this. You can bring all the folders you want into our game. If I were to think of a metaphor for what this book is, it's let's say you're into Harry Potter This would be the standard book of spells. If you're into Game of Thrones, it would be like the map at the beginning (laughs) that shows you, you know, all the areas, the characters. If you're into religion, it would be like the Bible or the Torah or Dianetics, what have you. 2,000 years from now, this will overtake the Bible. How to Win the Bachelor will be (laughs) the foundation of... (laughs) Modern human society. And, you know, if you're into vampires, it's Twilight. I feel like these are apt descriptors. I think that's roughly true. I do think this is kind of the most important text in the history of The Bachelor. And to celebrate it, we're doing two contests. So if you go pre-order and then you go to howtowinthebachelor.com, you can upload your pre-order receipt and you will be entered into this contest where you could win an autographed copy of the book from Pace Case and I. You could win a private Zoom with Pace Case and I to discuss everything Bachelor. You could win 
a contraband t-shirt that has an image on it that we produced and then could never release. So only a few of these exist in the world and we're going to be giving them out as part of this giveaway as well. And then one lucky winner is going to win an object that is priceless. It is something that we can't even describe. You're just going to get it. One person will receive this (laughs) box. You will open this box and then your life will be changed with what is inside of it. We also have a collective pit goal We have a goal of selling 10,000 copies of the book before it goes on sale January 18th at 25% of our 10,000 book goal. Clues will release his original song, Bottom of the Pit, which we've only gotten to hear one line of because we're we're slow on our goal right now. We're currently at 13.88%. But last time we did this, you said if we go up another percentage point, which we have... I could sing the second line of it. Are you ready? Yes. As soon as I finish this list, you may (laughs) sing the second line. Thank you. At 50%, (laughs) we will do an Instagram live from the shadow of the mansion. At 75%, I really want to do this one. Clues and I will compete against each other in a hoodoo competition. He has been loading IFIs for decades for that. No, I've been loading weight for that. I've been squatting my ass off with my paint cans in my office. So get ready. My vertical is going to be off the charts. I'm going to hood you around this dude's neck. This is all we're going to talk about in games this week. (laughs) (laughs) And at 100% of our 10,000 pre-sale book goal, we will do something we've never done before. It is a mystery surprise. And I think you'll enjoy that. But everyone will love it. So... Can I sing my song now? Yes, we got from 12 to 13% this week. So what's the second line? Maybe give the first line again. I'm going to do the first line and the second line. Again, this song is kind of a, it's in the tone of a little bit of a gothic Depeche mode kind of vibe. Okay. Like Olivia Rodrigo? No. These are the opening <laughs> lines. <laughs> it goes like this. <clears throat> Close your eyes and listen to the shadows. The screams get louder the deeper we go. Thank you. Oh, you're just going to leave us there? If you want to hear the whole song that even has music in it, it's not just me singing acapella. I've actually put music along with this. We got to hit that 25% goal. So hopefully you guys will help us out. But that is it. That's our contest. Our book is coming out. We're about to revolutionize the game. We can't thank you all enough for your help and your support with this thing. It's been a long project, and we're very excited to see it out in the world. Some early copies may be appearing in various social media accounts across the nation. It's Twilight. It's the Bible. It's the standard book of spells. That's all you have to know. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But now we're going to move on to what we do in This Week in Bachelor Nation. We are going to be talking about some piece of news out there in the world. Some big, broad thing that you're like, how in the hell could this ever relate back to our beloved game? And then we're going to tell you exactly how it does. This is Game of Roses. State of the World. There's a lot of stuff happening worldwide right now in politics, finance, technology, and in society. All of this stuff is important for sure but not half as important as what is happening in the world of cringe. Easily. The most important thing in the world right now is 
the Island Boys. We are talking about at Fly Soldier and his twin brother at Kodiak Red. These two Florida-based rappers whose real names are Alex and Frankie Venegas look cringe. They sound cringe. <laughs> they are living a cringe lifestyle. And in the past week, a TikTok video from them freestyling in a pool has exploded to a level that we might not have ever seen from a piece of cringe content. In case you haven't heard it, we are going to play the audio of that right now. Because I'm an island boy and I've been trying to make Oh, I'm an island boy. I'ma just island boy. I'ma just island boy. I'ma get keyword going. You're gonna keep that gun. I'll be just staring at the sun. I'm just out full gazing. I'm like, pull where I'm staying. They're like, you wanna be famous. I'm trying to be out the greatest. I'm gonna float all boy. I got a real damn topic. I'm like, the dumb on the topic. Uh-huh. I'm an island boy. I put my vest on, yeah. Like a wagwan man. Trying to make it to the since the release of that freestyle clip countless other tiktokers have duetted with them and they now routinely have videos topping 1 million views their most successful video has over 18 million views. Just for some context, that's six times more people than have watched either episode of Michelle Young's season of The Bachelorette. They are a bona fide social media juggernauts at this point, and in our opinion, their rocket ride to instant superstardom in a spaceship fueled by cringe marks a very important moment in the history of cringe as an art form. It is now a goal in itself and quite possibly the hardest of all goals to attain in contemporary media, because unlike fame that is garnered by people who have legitimate skill in their chosen fields, cringe requires that a person have no or at least a questionably low amount of skill in their chosen field, but they must also sincerely believe the opposite to be true. It is almost impossible to create cringe ironically. It must be a sincere attempt at being cool, funny, or otherwise artistically impressive that fails. And what's more, that failure must not be recognized in any way by the artist, only by the fourth audience, who will endlessly duet and meme and humorously react to the content. What at Fly Soldier and at Kodiak Red have captured here is cringe lightning in a bottle, and it is going to make them an insane amount of money in the very near future. I would expect guest appearances on talk shows, sponsorships from major brands with cultivated identities of irreverence like Doritos, an endless supply of merch, and every other revenue stream imaginable, as long as they can retain their crown as the cringe kings of TikTok. It's hard to imagine a time before cringe, but it wasn't that long ago that bad movies and TV shows were simply that, mistakes that were forgotten in favor of turning our attention to well-made media that achieved its intended purpose of making us laugh or cry or whatever the thing may be. But back on June 27th, 2003, a movie came out called The Room that changed everything. There had been some widely beloved, in quotes, bad movies before that time like Troll 2, but The Room presented for the first time a literal cringe auteur in writer, director, and star Tommy Wiseau. If you haven't seen this movie, 
You should definitely go watch it immediately because it is the genesis of modern cringe. It was so influential in the cringe space that James Franco even made an Oscar-nominated movie based on a book about the making of The Room called The Disaster Artist. In the very next year, a cringe musical performer named William Hung shot to superstardom after delivering an utterly abysmal audition on American Idol. She thinks! She thinks! But it was so sincere that his cringe artistry landed him on all major talk shows, got him a performer job on a cruise line, and ultimately even led to recording three albums of his own. This was the first time in modern media that cringe had been rewarded with mainstream success. Since then, cringe has been super powered by the rise of social media, which has given everyone the ability to produce their own cringe and present it to an ever-growing audience of what is now roughly 55% of the human population that is plugged into the internet. And so how does any of this relate to our beloved game? Well, (laughs) as we discuss on our show all the time, a constant component of the parasocial game is indeed cringe. Peter Popeye Weber was gaining massive attention for a time as the de facto cringe king of Bachelor Nation. Bennett Jordan took the crown from him. And now Clint Eastwood's grandson, Lowell L.T. Murray, from the current season of Bachelorette, seems to be throwing his hat into the TikTok cringe arena. Ultimately, it doesn't truly matter if a player is cringe or not. All that matters is the follower count, the views. And as more and more artists outside our beloved game achieve this massive, massive gain from their cringe, we expect to see the cringe subgenre become a specific goal of some players within our beloved game. The cringe crown will, we think, be passed from player to player as the game progresses, but someone's always going to be wearing it now. Clues, what was your reaction to the Island Boys video? Genius. If you haven't seen them, like you also need to watch the video. We played the audio of it, but these guys have crazy hairdos. They're covered, even their faces in tattoos. They have done this weird thing that I've never seen before where they draw in a white line on their hairline, which is fascinating. It's like a very weird kind of, it just demands attention in a way that's like, what the fuck are they doing? It's so confusing and strange that it can't be anything other than cringe. As soon as I saw it, I was like, brilliant. This is going to blow up. It's going to be huge. And indeed, that is what's happening now. I, for me, I was like, they look so young in the video too, that I was like, I couldn't stop picturing like Mm -hmm. off camera, like their mom, like cleaning up their shit around the pool and being like, guys, can you just, can you go inside and do your homework? Like you could do one more take of this afterwards, but please help me out with this. (laughs) Yeah. You really can't tell if they're like 25 or 15. That is a part of it too. It's a, it's a little strange, but they are 20, I believe. Yeah, they're twins. Yes. But in our beloved game, we've seen cringe way before PP. Evan Bass, I would argue, was cringe. I even think if you go back to Desiree Hartsock's season, they made all the players and her do a rap with Soldier Boy. The rap is called Right Reasons. We've played that audio <laughs> on our show before. If you have not seen that, immediately Google Right Reasons Desiree Hartsock or Right Reasons Soldier Boy. Right They had all of these players rapping, and most of them are utterly abysmal, as is Desiree Hartsock. It's 100% cringe across the fucking board. So even Mm -hmm. back then, I think the producers were aware that like getting cringe moments out of people is entertaining. And they have threaded cringe throughout pretty much every season. Many of the group dates are designed to produce cringe when you have to get up on stage and sing a song or deliver a monologue or... A love poem. Stand-up comedy or whatever. They know that most players are not going to be good at it. Exactly. And they're looking for you to fail hilariously. That is cringe. Yeah, I remember there was 
they had to do a song or something on Deanna Pappas' season. And there was, I think the guy who ended up being the ring winner was like, Deanna, Deanna. It was awful, but great. But as we move forward into the new era of cringe, we are excited to see what comes about as a result of this. And I I love cringe. Like, I think most people do. Obviously, that's why things like these Island Boys are just exploding, because we love to see people do something that is terrible, but they think it's great. <laughs> it's I don't know what it is in us that likes that as entertainment, but we do. I mean, it's we're just there, you know? It's like feeling their embarrassment or something. I have a question, and we've talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Is there a cringe queen of Bachelor Nation? A lot of these guys are dudes. You know, people have sent me DMs that it's McKenna Dorn. People have sent me DMs that it's Ashley Iaconetti. And I'm like, look, the kind of definition of cringe, as we laid out up top, is you have to sincerely believe that what you're doing is good. And so there are certain things that Ashley Iaconetti does, like when she and Jared Highbon are in that short together, where they're trying fucking hard to act, to be good in that. Mm -hmm. And they're not. That piece of media is cringe. They have produced it. She is part of the cringe media, but she also produces very good media in other ways. Everything they're doing on Amazon Live with their new baby, most of her social media is actually very good. And she does have a good sense of humor about herself as well. Like her sister runs that account, the real Ashley I or whatever, where it's just like embarrassing, shitty pictures of her. And she's down with it. You know, she'll comment on them and like them and stuff. I wouldn't say Ashley Iaconetti is cringe. I think she can produce mm. cringe content, though. And McKenna Dorn, I don't think is either because she's very aware of what she's doing and self-deprecating. I think there's a space for it. I think maybe Bachelor 26 will get our, our cringe queen. Maybe. It's, it's like you have to sincerely believe what you're doing is good. I would say even maybe like Victoria Larson is a cringe queen of a kind. Yeah. Because I don't think she thought what she was doing was like funny. She was trying sincerely to be whatever she was trying to project, like this kind of badass who's like, I'm the queen of everything. I'm the goddess of everything. It's a little tongue in cheek, maybe, but it felt sincere to me. And that made it cringe. Yeah, there's definitely is a sincerity in some of the things she was trying. Speaking of sincerity, let's move on to the next segment where we sincerely discuss all the numbers for this current season of Bachelorette season 18. This is This Week in Games. This Week in Games has become something of a somber endeavor here at Game of Roses as we are forced to deliver bad news week after week where the ratings of our beloved game are concerned. And this week is no different. We regret to inform you that Michelle Young's second episode of season 18 of The Bachelorette performed even worse than the first. Tuesday's offering pulled in a 0.7 in the demo, down 10% from last week with 2.8 million total views, which was down about 5% from last week. More alarming, however, is that it did not win its night across all networks for the first time in a long time. The Bachelorette got beat in the demo and in raw viewers, by the first game of the World Series on Fox, as well as both NBC shows that aired from 8 to 10, The Voice and La Brea. For the first time, this is real evidence that it's not just TV ratings slipping across the board. This week, we are seeing viewers actively choosing to watch something else in numbers that will affect ABC's ad revenue. Time will tell if The Bachelorette can course correct or if the end of the World Series might have an impact on the numbers. But this week was grim for our beloved game. No two ways about it. Now let's move on to the top five gains chart for the players of Bachelorette season 18 since October 21st last week. 
The gold medal in gains once again goes to nothing but Nate, the sales executive from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Nate Olukoya. He gained 12.1K Instagram followers this week, bringing him to 40.1K total for his 4TRR, Tattle Protocol, and his first flower. And the gains chart is still nothing but Nate, as no one else comes close to these numbers. The second silver medal in gains once again goes to the real estate developer from Minneapolis, Joe Coleman. He gained 5,945 new followers, bringing him to 7,755 total for his basketball group date win, his PTC, his loaded love level two, and that zero pointer, the GDR. The bronze medal in gains goes to Brooklyn neuroscientist Pardeep Singh. He gained 4,370 followers this week, bringing him to 8,543 followers total for not being able to hit water if he fell out of a boat on the basketball group date and for his swan song exit bump. Fourth place goes to medical sales rep from Columbia, Missouri, teacher stick enthusiast, (laughs) and our next crown. Clayton Eckerd, he gained 2.1 thousand followers, bringing him to 33.9K total for his group date basketball play and revealing in the tag that he shaves his nipples and he thinks hot dogs are sandwiches. (laughs) Are they? (laughs) Do you think they're sandwiches? Sure. Okay. Well, it's kind of one piece of bread. I don't know. I guess does the bread have to be whole for it to be a sandwich, for it to not be a sandwich? I don't know what the definition is. I just have never heard anyone that thought hot dogs were sandwiches. I've never even heard it as a debate or a topic of interest for anyone on planet Earth. I guess he's very focused on it since the whole category of desserts is out. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Fifth place in gains goes to the firefighter from Houston, Texas, PJ Henderson. He gained 1,490 followers this week, bringing him to 4,719 for his Child Army competition play and his swan song exit bump as he was barely in the document. And the crown herself, Michelle Young, has turned in back-to-back 16,000 follower increases two weeks in a row, bringing her to 566,000 followers total. She has 15.8K on Twitter. Do you think she's going to hit a million ever? I hope so. It's not looking great. I don't think she is. I don't think she has a chance. I think that the followers are tied to ratings somewhat. I do too. Yeah. Especially for crowns. I think that's true. And Katie Thurston's season was bad ratings and she mm-hmm. barely made it in. She has like literally a million, like 1.000003 million or something like that, you know? Yeah. This ain't it. Like these ratings are way worse than Katie Thurston's. It's not looking great, but time will tell. Indeed. And now for our top five chart. As of today, October 28th, coming in at number one is... Nothing but for TRR, Nate Olukoya. He has overtaken the lead at 40.1K. That's pretty astounding to me because number two on this list is our next crown. The bare-nippled Clayton Eckerd at 33.9K. That is astounding to me. Everyone knows he's the fucking bachelor. And a player now is beating him. Now, granted, this player is Nate. And, you know, we've said what we've said about him. We think he's going to win the ring or maybe even be that next crown, which we're going to get to in a minute. There's going to be another bachelor after Clayton. You think they created the double season for Nate? 
Maybe. Coming in at number three is the bleached flipper, Martin Gelbspan at 14.1K. Fourth place is the parasocial ghost, Joel Coleman. He has joined the charts, jumping up to fourth place at 13.7 thousand followers. Rounding out the top five is colorful narrator slash pizzapreneur rival, Will Urena at 11.8K. So we're seeing now there's multiple players in the above 10K range. Nobody has hit 50K yet, even. Mm -hmm. This is only the second episode. I am pretty fascinated to watch what the end of this season is going to hold. Will anybody hit 500K? Will anybody even hit 250K? Nate. I think Nate can do five. Okay. Well, we'll see. Good luck to them all. And obviously Clayton. Yeah, Clayton Mm -hmm. will once he's announced his bachelor, I think, for sure. But... We're in kind of uncharted territories in terms of how bad the ratings are. This weird season that's airing in a time that nothing has ever aired. It's uh, it's all a little bit of a crapshoot here. And we're going to be following the numbers and seeing what they mean as time goes on. But now it is time to move on to that segment of our program in which we discuss all of the most delicious tids from this week. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. 
Again, that's Skims. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Geek. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, an engagement. And this isn't your ordinary run-of-the-mill former player accepting a proposal from another former player-style engagement that we've become exceedingly used to in our beloved game. We're talking about the Dark Lord himself. That's right. The father of lies and excommunicated host of our beloved game decided to drop down to bended knee this week and propose to his concubine of the last three years, entertainment reporter Lauren Zima. The couple posted matching Instagram images and captions to commemorate the event that took place at Brand Vineyard in Napa Valley, a location the Dark Lord said meant a lot to them. The roots of this unholy tree began growing all the way back in August of 2018 when Zima slid into the Dark Lord's DMs and the couple went out for their very first drink shortly thereafter. (laughs) The Dark Lord was previously married to his college sweetheart, Gwen, whom he divorced after 18 years of marriage back in 2012. They share a son, Joshua, and a daughter, Taylor. Perhaps the most notable part of this entire piece of news is that the Dark Lord archived his entire Instagram main grid and chose to start fresh with this image of himself proposing to Zima. So any photographic evidence of his life before the proposal, including any references to The Bachelor or to his children or Black Lives Matter, has been removed from the record. We wish the happy couple luck in the coming years with all of their future endeavors. (laughs) I couldn't believe, by the way, this motherfucker archived every pose i mean his children have been erased (laughs) anything like not just his relationship with the bachelor but like his fucking family got disappeared in his fucking instagram his main grid posts apologizing to bachelor nation gone all of it gone that steak sandwich gone (laughs) manly bands gone yeah manly bands whatever that's fucking spawn con but if you're his kid especially well no because he had some stuff with his daughter too but his son he had a lot of posts 
relatively recently within the last year of like taking his son to college and going to football games and shit with him. And he even had one. I remember where I believe his daughter was doing a musical performance or something. I don't know if that's exactly accurate, but he had little celebratory moments with his kids Mm -hmm. strung throughout that Instagram. That shit's gone. How do you feel if you're one of those kids? I think you feel fine. I think you're like, I want my dark Lord daddy to start over and have a, have his clean slate. Yeah. And just keep paying for everything in my life. I don't think they care. Yeah. Fair enough. Our <laughs> second item of Bachelor Nation news is news that rocked the nation this week in stark opposition to the union of Zima and DLH. Our most recent crown, Katie Thurston and her ring winner, Blake Moynes, have ended their engagement. We watched Moines put on a masterclass in how to crash a season and walk away with a ring win in season 17 of The Bachelorette. And we watched along with the nation with high hopes that this relationship would go the distance, but it has not. Thurston broke the sad news to her 1 million followers via an Instagram post featuring a picture of the couple and the caption, it is with mutual love and respect that we have decided to go our separate ways. We are so grateful for the moments we shared together and the entire journey that has unfolded this year, but we ultimately have concluded that we are not compatible as life partners, and it is the most caring choice for both of us to move forward independently. We ask for kindness and privacy as we both navigate this transition. Both of us will forever want the best for one another and ask you to please support us in our decision. It's always sad to see a Bachelor Nation couple dissolve, but it is to be expected, at least statistically speaking, and we wish both parties well as they move into the future. It's also worth noting that although this relationship might not have worked out, neither Moines nor Thurston left the show empty-handed. Thurston has 1 million Instagram followers and Moines has 503,000. They're both very well positioned in the parasocial arena, and we expect to continue to see big things from both of them on all of their social media accounts. Next up in Bachelor Nation news... Reality Steve is reporting that 2022 will have not only Clayton Eckert as The Bachelor for season 26, but that there will also be a Bachelor season 27 to shoot and air immediately after Eckert's season. That's correct. Back-to-back Bachelor seasons in much the same way they have done back-to-back Bachelorette seasons this year. This extra season of The Bachelor would ostensibly be shot during February-March, as Eckerd's season is coming to a close and would air May through July, which is traditionally when The Bachelorette airs. Assuming this is the new normal, or at least the norm for 2022, that would likely see Paradise coming on the heels of these back-to-back Bachelors, which would be followed by the next season of Bachelorette to air roughly in the same time frame that Michelle Young's season is currently airing, allowing for just two to three weeks of off-season again next year. Such an attack. (laughs) It's abusive at this point. And we don't know why ABC is choosing to order this much of the show. As ratings are dwindling and diehard Bachelor TikTokers like at Morgan P. Talks are openly stating they are over it and are currently not watching Michelle Young's season, we're left wondering if they're trying to burn the franchise out in a last-ditch attempt to suck the final drops of advertising blood from the stone, or if they're just so out of touch with the audience that they don't understand the detrimental effect of what they're doing. Time and the ratings will tell, but this seems like it is so beyond overkill at this point. I I just don't get it. I don't get it either. And I don't understand what, like, you're looking at the numbers for Michelle Young's season, if you're ABC, and you're like, well, these are the worst we've ever had. Maybe you're making up some excuses in your head. Well, the World Series is on. It's airing on mm-hmm. Tuesday. So, uh, you know, whatever. You can justify it however you want. 
And now it's losing against other shows, which I assume that has to be alarming. They lost to fucking La Brea. That can't be good. There's got to be some meetings being had probably today, you know, or at least this week. Someone is screaming, La Brea, are you kidding me? Yeah, what the fuck is La Brea? But this this tonnage is just, I don't quite understand what the the idea behind it is. If it's not, fuck it, burn this thing down. Let's get as much money as we can in the next one to two years and then cancel it. That is what feels like they're doing to me. Totally agree. I feel like they are tiring out their audience, even if, you know, people are taking a break and they're going to come back for the main seasons. You're hurting the brand of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette when there's so many and there's double the amount of contestants that it seems like a diluted player pool, perhaps. Totally. And I'm going to get to this in my scream a little bit. Mm. I don't even think it's necessarily about, you know, wearing the audience out. I think you're wearing out the producers. Mm. The product is suffering. The show sucks. And that ain't us. It's not like we're tired of watching it. It's like, if it was good, we'd watch it. Yeah. It's not good. TV production, it's a demanding schedule. And to have to keep that up the entire year? Yeah. Even though there's different production teams on the, the shows or whatever, but still... They're all tied together. So if you're producing this season of Bachelor or Bachelorette, you're still thinking about like, well, which one of these players is going to be on Paradise? Which one of these players is maybe going to mm-hmm. be the next crown? It's all tied together. So the more of it you have, the more these people, the people who make the product are just like fucking worn thin. And you also have like the showrunner type person is on all of them. Might get a break at like VIP or something. No, because that guy was there. He was the guy that came in when the hurricane showed up and you saw him on camera, that, that dude was the new Elon Gale. Mm. But uh, yeah, we're getting, you know, if this reporting is right out of reality, Steve, we're going to have back-to-back bachelors and they'll, I don't know who that bachelor will be. If he's going to come from the current season that we're watching now, maybe it's, you know, giving us some kind of inadvertent Mm. hint that maybe it's a Nate, maybe it's a Joe Coleman. Maybe it's one of the front runners as well, because that's obviously what they did from uh, Matt James season. They took the two crowns from that, same season i don't know i i feel like they're trying to kill us (laughs) they're just trying to make money i mean it's always about money and so then you start looking at well what type of money are they trying to make here this at least in my opinion the strategy is not a long-term strategy Mm -hmm. this is a smash and grab let's get the last dollar out of this we can before we take it off the air that's what it feels like praise be our beloved game Indeed. Speaking of Too Much Bachelor, this week, the official website for Bachelor Live on stage announced that they will be returning for another tour in March of 2022. Per the website, former Bachelorette and BIP suitors will attempt to win over a handful of ladies handpicked from the audience at each of the 40 stops. Tropical Royale recipient Becca Kufrin and Ben I Ain't That White Higgins have rendered hosting duties of this live on stage event. Kufrin will return to host this next iteration, and it is at this time unknown if Higgins will join her. Ryan Fox, the man with the folders from night one of Michelle Young's season, was featured in 2020 as one of the live bachelors and then was obviously brought into the main game. So the live show is very clearly an extension of the main game as it gives producers a chance to see what you might be able to do as a player if you were given more screen time. So to all future Bachelor Live players, treat that as an audition and you might see it pay off big. 
And just to piggyback on our last bit of news too, again, any players out there who might want to get in this next season of Bachelor that's going to happen after Clayton Eckerd's, hit me up. They're casting for that right now. And let me look at your Instagram. I will do my best to get back to anybody that I think I can help. All I will say is (laughs) I can do this. (laughs) That's all I'll say. So if you are serious about getting into the game and, uh, you know, having me help you build out a strategy for what you might be able to do over the course of a season, hit me up. Happy to help. Speaking of big payoffs, Matt James, Katie Thurston and GSJ himself were all nominated for People's Choice Awards this week. James and Thurston are both nominees in the competition contestant of 2021, and GSJ is nominated for the reality TV star of 2021. The Bachelorette and Bachelor are also nominated in the competition show of 2021, and Bachelor in Paradise is nominated for reality show of 2021. We wish all of these former players good luck in their pursuit of these prestigious awards, especially GSJ who we expect will refuse to accept them as they are very clearly for TWR. (laughs) This shit just fucking gets to me so much. I just have these images of him marching around the sand. Fuck you. You're not here for the right reasons. And this it's about finding love. Meanwhile, he's like, I gladly accept my nomination for reality TV star of 2021. I it's fucking incredible. The hypocrisy. I was on my Finsta where I don't follow any Bachelor people, and I got a fucking ad for GSJ, some food thing. And I just was like, ugh. His sauce? It wasn't his sauce. It was like Mercado. Italian dinner in progress, Italy. So it was Italy or Mercado. Are you going to get the sauce? If you get it for me, I'll eat it. Okay, let's get the sauce. (laughs) Can I drizzle it? You can drizzle the sauce, I think, yeah. Okay, then, yeah. I'm going to get that sauce, though. I'm going to... I don't know what I'll make with it, but I'm curious. What if we eat the sauce and we become brain controlled, mind controlled, and we become company men? Is that possible? You think there's a microchip? Something. A drug, microchip, something. (laughs) We're going to get the sauce. And if our podcast changes, it's not our fault. We ate that sauce. (laughs) And finally, rounding out Bachelor Nation News, we want to wish a big happy birthday to Serena Pitt. (laughs) If our podcast changes, we ate that sauce. <laughs> we just put that at the end of every episode. <laughs> Serena, Serena Pitt has begun her 24th cycle of suffering this week. And the Bachelor Nation businessman himself, Jason Tardick, who turned 33. Uh, we wish both of you big happy birthdays. May your lives and podcasts thrive. She doesn't have a podcast yet, but I bet she will. She's always on clickbait and shit now, though. But now we move on to that segment of our show where we're talking about all the plays that our favorite players are making off the field and in that primary world in what will become the metaverse. If any of you guys saw Mark Zuckerberg's keynote address today about the Facebook metaverse that is coming, Mm -hmm. all of these plays we're about to talk about within five to 10 years, there ain't going to be no Instagram. There ain't going to be no Twitter. It's all going to be metaverse. But for now, we have... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Fourth audience favorite and recently eliminated Pardeep Singh took to Instagram at Pardeep in Brooklyn the day after he was cut to tell followers that 30% of the clothes he wore on Michelle's season 
were from recycled and carbon neutral sources because clothing is a big contributor to climate change. Love to see Pardeep getting in the parasocial game in such an important way. We also had colorful narrator Will Urena continuing to troll his rival, pizzapreneur Peter, in the parasocial world. He posted a TikTok video with a clip of the Child Army group date of Peter asking, is there a certain way you put it in? He wrote, virgins be like dot, dot, dot on the video and went on to caption it, hashtag... FYP, hashtag virgin, hashtag pizza man, hashtag the bachelor, hashtag, hashtag bachelor nation, hashtag pay attention, hashtag Bill Nye, hashtag IYKYK, hashtag poppy shampoo uh, at bachelor nation. <laughs> the video has 26 feet and five lines. <laughs> okay. Hashtag Bill Nye, you see this? Is he one of the 26? God damn it. He's working. BIP for First Sand. Raven Gates hosted her baby shower in her home in the source, Dallas, Texas. And heavy hitters like package deal Amanda Stanton, good girl Madison Pruitt, and dolphin shark tot Alexis Waters were in attendance. Gates's bumpkin archetype protege and new official Bachelor Nation podcast, Clickbait's host, Tia Booth, made an Instagram post with images of the pair at the event with the caption, my little baby mama, blue heart emoji. I've been inspired by this gal since the day we met, and it's wild to think I wouldn't be where I am now without her. We've been through so many seasons of life together, but seeing you as a mama is going to be the best one yet. I love you, sister. God bless the broken road that led us to where we are. Hashtag baby G. The post has 163,000 likes and 342 comments. A blast from the past. Katie Thurston's fifth place finisher, Andrew Spencer, posted a meme this week to his Instagram stories of the note he cringled Katie Thurston on her season with the words, I'ma leave the door open, photoshopped on it mere hours after the news broke that Thurston and Moines had separated. The track playing in the background is I'ma leave the door open by Bruno Mars. He wrote in quotes, that chapter is closed for everyone in my DMs asking. I wish them both well. Pretty good capitalization on current events as they happen, though. All of these were strong plays, but there can only be one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to tier play enthusiast Ashley Iaconetti. We played the audio at the beginning of this episode, clipped from a TikTok she posted of her checking her Instagram when an unknown number calls her. Then she speaks with a Grim Reaper figure in a scream mask who turns out to be the wrong reasons police, who accuses her of going on The Bachelor for Instagram followers, though she insists followers wasn't a thing back then. Then he says she'll pay for all the ads she's posted, and then he murders her. The TikTok has 134,000 views, 6.2K likes. On Instagram, it has 15.8K likes. We love the continued work Aya Kennedy has contributed to the cringe space and are anxiously awaiting the next installments of both 4TWR Grim Reaper and conversations with her pre-baby. See, is this cringe? Was this video fucking cringe? I didn't think it was. Mm, I did. I wrote this. <laughs> you thought it was cringe. No, I know. I know you wrote it. That's what I'm saying. You thought it was cringe. Yeah. I thought it was like tongue in cheek. She's like making fun of herself. She's not trying to like act very good in this mm. and failing. She's just making kind of a goofy video. And yes, the premise of it and. The execution of it is like not great. Yeah, the execution, I would say, would be cringe. 
Okay, so <laughs> followers wasn't a thing. Right. There's categories of cringe now that can be like your execution be- can be cringe, your premise can be cringe, your music can be cringe. Well, yeah, the execution of the TikTok. You're trying to make a good TikTok, but it's executed in a cringe way. Right. But still wound up with 134,000 views. So yeah. successful. Well, congratulations to all of our parasocial players, including Ashley Aya Kennedy. So you're saying the real cringe would be the 26 views Will Arena's video. <laughs> Because of the success. No, that's not cringe either because it's like meant to be funny. And I, the success of it doesn't necessarily, that just means if it's successful or not. It doesn't mean if it's cringe or not, you know? Cringe to me is like, you know, what's the best cringe we've seen? I will say like when Popeye was doing that, the hip thrust mm. dance and we put that video in one of our things, how, whenever that was, a year or two ago. Oh, yeah. Like he was having fun with that. He didn't realize that video was super cringe. It's the not realizing. It's like, look, I'm just having fun dancing. It's like, no, you're not, dude. You're doing something way different here. That is cringe. Or when Bennett is like constantly flexing his muscles as hard as he can. You're turning on a nation. That is fucking cringe because he means that to be sincere. Like, check out my muscles. He thinks it's cool. Mm. It's not. We're all cringing at like, why is he flexing so hard all the fucking time? This is crazy. I feel like cringe for me has to do with how I feel watching the piece of media. And if I feel cringy, I consider it cringe. Yeah. Interesting. For me, the artist's intent is a part of it. Mm. If the artist intends it sincerely and it gives me that feeling, that's like true cringe. You can have fake cringe, which is like if it just gives you the feeling, but you can also tell the artist is like trying to give you that feeling. That to me is just not as powerful in terms of cringe. Sound off in the comments. What is cringe to you, Pitt? <laughs> Hashtag what is cringe to you? Hashtag true cringe. Is it me saying sound off in the comments? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, but now we're going to move on to some other parasocial players this week. These were, of course, the non-human parasocial players. We had a lot of fantastic creature play. Greg Grippo posted an Instagram story with his dog Dallas doing a fantastic parasocial gaze. Kayla Quinn encountered a rattlesnake in her garage after moving to her new house in Austin, Texas. Dexter, John Hersey's nine-year-old Italian greyhound, got Katie Thurston to come out of her house the day after the breakup, and we got to see him on the beach. Mm, An SDCO creature. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Bachelor Season 5, Jillian Harris posted her two boxers, Nacho and Peaches, in a plethora of Halloween costumes throughout the years. Super fucking cute. But, but there is only one parasocial creature of the week. I guess there are two. They are dogs. They are friends. They are probably siblings, I guess. Maybe not genetically, but at this point they are. Pino and Ramen. These are Jason Tardick and Caitlin Bristow's dogs. They land the top spot this week as the parasocial creatures of the week. They were dressed up as ketchup and mustard for Halloween. And they aided Jason Tardick in a fucking video where he's dressed as a hot dog, they come and trick-or-treat at his house (laughs) and he comes out with a bag of candy for him that includes Wiley Wallaby candy and this entire post is a piece of Spawn Con. Jesus Christ, it was brilliant. And their performance in it is fantastic. These could be dogs in a movie. They seem that well-trained. Are Pino and Ramen like film and TV dogs? I'm so confused. They're parasocial film and TV dogs. They're beautiful. So well behaved. They seem to be trained. I mean, I don't know. How many takes are they doing, Pino and Ramen? I feel like they're one take dogs. One <laughs> for sure. So congratulations to Pino and Ramen and all the other creatures who 
had these astounding plays this week. That rounds out all of our post-social plays. Now we're going to move on to that segment of our program in which Pace Case and I go down to where we live. We get to return home for the last segment of our show every week. We go down to the bottom of the pit and dig around in the muddy waters and talk about how our fandom of this show has entirely taken over our lives and changed us fundamentally. This is Screams from the Pit. Clues. My scream this week is holiday themed. Ooh, Halloween. Nice. I went to a Halloween pumpkin carving event this past weekend. Hmm. And I was trying to think of what I wanted to carve on this pumpkin. I wanted something simple and easy. So I was like, I'm going to carve a ladder. Ladders haunt me famously. (laughs) I'm haunted by ladders. Uh Uh-huh. But something that I did not anticipate when I made this decision was the follow-up questions from a group of people that I didn't know very well who were at this event with me. Why a ladder, for instance? And Mm -hmm. I have been talking bachelor so much every day all day every group of people especially new people i talk to it inevitably comes up and i'm having the same conversations over and over and i did not want to get into it so i told the first woman who asked she said why did you pick a ladder and i said i am scared of ladders (laughs) (laughs) what was her response to that She said, oh, end of conversation. (laughs) That makes sense to me. Yeah. So I played a a false IFI, a fear of ladders, a phobia to get out of talking about The Bachelor. And it was successful. uh, But I feel weirdly guilty about this. (laughs) I look, I think you're in good company. You're like Annalise Puccini level when she has fears of bumper cars and shit like that. Mm hmm. And can anyone listening to this view this pumpkin that you carved anywhere? Oh, yeah. I put it on my main grid. Oh, fuck. I got to take a look at that. Check it out. I'm going to. I can't wait. I'm looking at it right now, in fact. Oh, my God. It's stellar. <laughs> Thank you. It's beautiful. There's little stars on it. Yeah. I don't know that it... Insp- oh, I see you also did some Squid Game stuff here. <laughs> well, that was my sister. <laughs> got it. That ladder is fucking incredible. It's really well done. Thank you. Yeah. That's great. Ladders scare me. That's why I came to this pumpkin carving event (laughs) to get the demons out and put them into the pumpkin. (laughs) My scream from the pit this week is less specific and has nothing to do with ladders. It is more about my feeling about the general state of the game. I have noticed that I'm feeling shittier lately. Mm. And I think it has specifically to do with the state of the fucking game. And I'm realizing that whatever's happening in the game has a direct effect on my psychological outlook, my emotional status. Because right now, as we talked about throughout this episode, the ratings are down. There's so much of it going on. And I got to a point where I was like, I've seen some other TikTokers talking about this. They're getting burned out. And I was really like, am I getting burned out? Because I don't Yes. I don't experience burnout that much. I don't think I am getting burned out. I'm getting bored. 
there's a huge fucking difference. I don't feel like there's too much of it. I feel like it's not good. But you feel bad. Right, because it's bad. Because I feel like I still want to watch it because I do have like a, a kind of creative personal investment in knowing everything about it and really being an expert on it and seeing where it's going. I do like analyzing it. Obviously, we've been doing it for fucking years. <laughs> That's good. Multiple times a week, we wrote a book about it. You know, I, I like doing these deep dives into things and and seeing the trends and where it's going. But it's like watching the show now is harder than it used to be because it's so fucking boring. It's bad quality media. And that is what is making me feel shitty about it. It's like, I don't have a good other example other than like maybe the last season of Game of Thrones, which Mm. was terrible also. But even that had cool graphics. You got to see dragons and shit flying around. Mm -hmm. No dragons. No dragons. It looks bad. It's poorly put together. And like I was saying up top, I think the reason is that the producers are burnt out. When you're seeing them recycle these dates, which we're going to see next week on Michelle Young's season, that the pilot date is exactly what they... It's literally the same date from Pilot Pete's season down to like the weird gyroscope thing. I mean, they've done the kid one before too. In some cases, they're doing the same thing. Like in back-to-back seasons, we saw like the Canada date that they did for Blake Moynes and Serena Pitt was exactly the same date. And granted, those were bubble seasons and we're kind of coming out of that. Who knows what's going to happen in Bachelor's 26. But my scream really is that I am bored by the current show. And that hasn't really happened to me before. We did mm-hmm. a fucking hyper binge. We watched every season. None of them bored me. This season is, it's like watching nothing. Yeah. We already know who's going to win. It's immediately apparent. Or who is at the very least going to make it far. We don't know who's going to win. But I mean, we don't technically no we don't have the spoilers but like just from what we're watching our analysis of it it looks like nate and joe are going the fucking distance i don't see that being much different yeah we have a kind of interesting thing happening with jamie and this weird like slow play of a villain plot all the other players don't care yeah i mean i don't know i don't know what the the technical definition of burnout is but i think boredom probably figures into that like maybe general malaise but i don't know if that's true either because like as we're writing our twibbon today and doing our twibbon this shit makes me laugh and it's very fun you know (laughs) because we're talking about other shit in bachelor nation not this season right it's like when we start talking about the the ratings of the show i'm just like oh god and when we're talking about the instagram gains which are like abysmal you can just see like this season is a huge swing and a miss and they're going to try to do it again next year yeah with bachelor now granted also i do think a piece of this is that Guys are, they're not as good as women in terms of being Mm -hmm. players, as even in terms of being as entertaining. And parasocial plays. Yeah, all of that. Women are way better in every case. And I think what you're finding now is that there's only about 30 guys per year that you can bring into the game who are going to be good. When you try to do 60, it's like the second half of them are not as good. Because in some cases, I'm sure these guys were even the rejects from Katie Thurston's season. Some of these guys were probably on producer's radar for a while. Absolutely. And they just had to pull the trigger on them to fucking fill the roster. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. But all that said, I still hold very firmly to the philosophy that the only way out is through. And so I will (laughs) plow through this season and I will analyze this fucking season. The producers ain't going to win. I will (laughs) consume this media. (laughs) I like that full circle scream. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I will never stop watching. 
So look, when you're down in the bottom of the fucking pit and you look up and you can't even see mm-hmm. daylight, how could you ever possibly think you're going to get out of the pit? I, I don't think I am. I'll be in it until the day I die. I don't either. I'm carving ladders into gourds. I'm lying to people <laughs> at parties. Like, this is my life. This is my real life. Look, I hear you. And now we're going to hear from somebody else who is also in the pit. This is a scream from one of our Patreon members named Scooty B. And if you join our Patreon, join us at the bottom of the pit, you can go to our Discord. You'll get access to that. And you can submit your own screams. They have to be a minute or under. And if they're good, we may play them here and analyze them. Are you ready for Scooty B's scream? Let's do the damn thing. Hey there, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues. Um, I wanted to submit a scream to the pit this week. So I am a licensed therapist and I'm really starting to notice how, you know, the gore lexicon is really infiltrating my work, especially when I work with clients around relationships. Um, So the other day I was working with a client um, in a telehealth session and she was talking about how this person she's been seeing has been, you know, starting to get really distant. And I literally almost said back to her, oh my, it sounds like, you know, they're really And I almost said loading walls to her. And luckily I was able to backtrack and, you know, say, oh, it sounds like, you know, he's putting some walls up, you know, things are starting to get a little bit intense. Um, And I just was just in my head trying so hard to stay present thinking, oh my God, like, I can't believe that being in the pit is affecting my work now. Um, And then I started laughing, thinking about how like my job is literally receiving people's PTCs like all the time. And anyway, I just appreciate you and the pit and you know the the levity that um that being in the pit has provided me um as i do work with people that can be pretty heavy so thank you i love being in the pit and um thank you for listening to my scream first of all what a wonderful voice i feel like the voice was like asmr i know i i caught a little bit of that myself what do you mean you caught a little bit of it of that asmr quality in it oh This was a beautiful scream. Gore, Lexicon infiltrating her work with clients as a therapist, almost saying she's loading walls. I never thought of therapy as receiving PTCs constantly. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, it is, though. We can't thank you enough for the scream, Scooty B. And I'll just say this. You mentioned in your scream that now the pit is affecting your work. Eventually... Once you're in the pit long enough, the pit becomes your work, and you might think about changing what you do to providing therapy for people in the pit specifically, using only the lexicon as Mm. the way that you communicate with pit people. A new form of therapy. That's right. It's pit Pit therapy, therapy. (laughs) where everything is related to The Bachelor in one way or another. (laughs) Any problems you might be experiencing in your life, you you can be told how to work through them with some example from The Bachelor using our lexicon. I think that's probably what's next for you, Scooty B. I'm sure the only way out is through is often said in therapy. Yeah, I mean, some of these phrases that we use, like the only way out is through or time will tell, we didn't coin those phrases, obviously. (laughs) We're just using them to apply to our... We made up the phrase time will tell. Can you believe how many people say it? (laughs) Wild. (laughs) 
Okay, you're right. We did make it all up. Should have trademarked it. Yeah, we should have. We fucked up on that one. But thank you again, Scooty B, for submitting your scream. And again, anybody else who wants to submit their scream, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. You're going to get access to that Discord, and then you can upload your screams. And hopefully we will hear some more that were this good. I really love this scream. Yeah. I, it was beautiful to me. And, you know, don't hold back. Just say the the Gore lexicon and then be like, this is just like my therapy technique. I like to use these terms. Like, it's just simple. Exactly. Like, what would have happened if Scooty B would have said, oh, you know, it sounds like he's loading walls. What if that would have come out of Scooty Mm -hmm. B's mouth? I think the client would have understood it at the very least. Yeah. And then even if the client didn't, Scooty B could have explained a little bit. Well, that just means they're preparing to become emotionally distanced. They're trying to find a way to separate themselves from you so that they won't get hurt. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what loading walls is. Yeah. Are they loading it in their ITMs? Have you, (laughs) are they loading it on TikTok? (laughs) Yeah, how many ITMs do they do? (laughs) (laughs) Then it goes fully off the fucking rails. But thank you again, Scooty B. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on this week in Bachelor Nation. This wraps up our coverage of our beloved game. All the news, all the screams, all the tids, all the parasocial plays, all those states of the world. And we can't thank you enough for joining us. Yeah, thank you all. Don't forget to pre-order your standard book of spells, but for The Bachelor, How to Win The Bachelor, wherever you get your books. And just FYI, the holidays are coming up. If you want to drag someone into the pit, get them a book, even if they don't watch The Bachelor. This is a tried and true tactic. My dad used to do this. He would give me birthday presents of shit that he basically wanted to do. He's like, I got you uh, season tickets to the Texas Rangers. uh, I mean, that'll be fun, I guess. Do I have to? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But then we'd go to fucking Rangers games all the time because he liked to do that. I did too. I don't mean to shit on it. It was a nice present Mm. and everything, but I'm just saying. You didn't reject the Kringle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you, dad. You can get somebody this present and then it's a way to start a conversation with them about the pit. If you like. Kringle your fam. It'll be out right in time for Valentine's Day, too. A great present to get your lover, lovers, etc. And then you can both, or however many lover or lovers you may have, you can all discuss your relationship in the terms we provide in the book, just like Scooty B almost did <laughs> with our clients. God damn, that's funny. Yeah, it's just a way of simplifying a tried and true relationship pattern. Yeah, exactly. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. So <laughs> thanks again, everyone. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,158 days without an Asian bachelor. If our podcast changes, we ate that sauce. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from Quince. 
Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.